Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. TC, good morning. How you doing this morning? It's good to be in the presence of God with you. Isn't it a good thing when we get to gather together as God's people? I'm telling you, there is nothing like it. Amen. Come on, we can give God glory for that, right? We most certainly can. Such an honor to be here with you, to share the word of God with you. And I pray that we would all be encouraged in the faith today. And I get to uh, back clean up here in this series. And I'm really excited about that because we're going to deal with the subject from God's word pertaining to self-control as one of the the results of God's work in us, as one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to start by reading the word of God. Then I'm going to get to work by God's grace. Amen. Our passage of scripture is Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16, it says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I'm warning you about these things, as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is God's word. Amen. You know, when you read through the New Testament and particularly the, the epistles, the letters that people like Paul and Peter, James and John wrote, we find that even though they're writing to believers, they're writing to some folks with some issues, okay? Like, if you want to see some real issues, some serious issues, just read 1 Corinthians. They had some stuff going on in the body. And this is encouraging because as we talk about the issue of self-control and what that looks like for us as adopted daughters and sons in the family of God, we need to know that there is hope and that we can be encouraged in this journey and in this walk. So every time I read through the Pauline epistles, I'm like, Lord, my church has some issues. But you know what? Galatia had some issues too. And so I guess we're in good company, Lord. You're working on them and you're working on us. Thank you, Lord. How many are glad that he's not only, he was not only working on them, but he's working on us right now, right? And so he writes to them and he's talking to them about 
the, the opposition of the flesh to the spirit, basically the, this, our, our old way of living, our old way of thinking, our old desires, as opposed to the way in which the spirit of God leads us where God is drawing us to. And he talks about the two of these being opposed to one another. And, and, and he walks through this laundry list of things that are the results of the flesh, the results of following our sinful nature, the results of following the ways of this world. But then he lists the fruit of the, the, fruit, the, fruit of the Spirit, the, the result of the Spirit living in us and working in us. And this is encouraging. And one of the things that I want you to know is that sometimes we say, I, I need to pray for more patience. I need to pray for more uh, faithfulness or any of these things. Like we read this list and it can measure us, right? Like it's easy for us to read this and go, man, I fall short there. I fall short there. Unless you're perfect, then you don't fall short anywhere um, except for the way you think you're perfect. But that's, that's not on this list. But, but, but you read this and you think, man, I want to encourage you first and foremost that everything that we need is within us because the Spirit of God lives in us. But man, this deal about self-control is so important because self-control is about us learning to exercise restraint in this life. And it's not easy. Have you noticed that it's not easy? Like the moment God saves us, who remembers that? Who remembers when God rescued you? Like you remember when the light came on? You remember when God brought you from death to life? You remember when even as at the moment that you may have been conscious of your sin, you weren't left in despair because the Lord also brought you to a consciousness that there is his son, Jesus, who paid the penalty for our sins in order to set us free. Remember the joy and the relief and the peace that flooded our souls at that moment. And you know what? It would have been a lot easier at that moment if God would have just kind of just taken every desire, like every wrong thing, but we find that that's not the case, right? That's not the case. There are things that we still have to wrestle with and battle with in the here and now. There are things that, that, that didn't just go away. And there are testimonies, there are powerful testimonies that many of you in this room could give this morning to how the Lord rescued you. And it may have been a serious addiction. It may have been a serious habit. It may have been a soul wound from a traumatic experience that happened prior in your life. That the moment God rescued you or in the very early days of your salvation, God just dealt with it, right? But, you know, there are some things God doesn't do the infinity gauntlet Thanos snap and just deals with in our lives. Oh, if we had one of those, all right? I wouldn't make people disappear. I just try to make my sin disappear. Okay, I try to make some people disappear too. Pray for me. So what do we do, y'all? What do we do as we wrestle, as we struggle in the here and now? How do we deal with this? And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The first thing that we need to recognize is that sin, that, that, that self-control is about waging war against sin. And it is war. It is a knockdown, drag out, bloody, messy, roll in the grass fight. It is indeed. It is a battle. It is a battle, but it's a battle that God has guaranteed our victory in. 
But it is a battle nonetheless. And it's a battle that we have to constantly be engaged in. We have to constantly be engaged in it. Someone who lived long ago wrote a work called The Mortification of Sin. His name was John Owen. And he, in, in The Mortification of Sin, he, he wrote, do you mortify? In other words, do you, do, do you, um, do you kill it? Are you, are, you, are you seeking the death of this thing? Do you mortify? Do you make it your daily work? Be always at it whilst you live. Cease not a day from this work. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. How many know sin is nothing to be played with? How many know there are some things that we can domesticate, right? You know, there are some things we can domesticate. Like you can domesticate a cat. You can domesticate a dog. You can domesticate a horse. How many know you can't domesticate a lion? Like, like if you like, you know, this lion is so cute. Oh, my gosh. It's just a little cub, and I just want to bring him home, and we're just going to have a nice family. No, you're looking at him like this pet is so cute, and he's looking at you like, what am I going to have on the side with this meal later on? That's what sin is like. We, we, there, is no, there is no granting quarter to sin successfully. It'll kill us. It will kill us. All of the dysfunction and the corruption that we see in the world today is the result of that three-letter word, sin. All of it. All of it. And so we have to actively engage in this battle. We can't take any breaks. And the enemy is subtle and not only is the enemy subtle, our hearts are deceitful. That's why one of the worst bits of advice somebody could ever give to another person is just follow your heart. Because if we were just to open the floor up for testimonies right now, many of us have followed our hearts to some very bad places. Right? Right? Yeah, we don't even, yeah, we could write some books, right? We have to put some of them in another section of the store because everybody couldn't even read what we would write. <laughs> But the enemy is subtle, and the way in which temptation comes to us, it would be easier if temptation just showed up and said, Hi, I'm temptation. Nice to meet you. I'm here to destroy your life. I'm here to ruin your marriage. I'm here to tarnish your legacy. I'm here to do damage to your physical body. I'm here to ruin your finances. I'm just here to make your life just a mess. Can I please come in and just have a moment of your time? Just a moment. It's easy to say no to that, right? But the enemy is subtle and even our hearts can be deceitful. And so we have to constantly be on guard. We have to constantly be engaged in this battle. But we also have to recognize that self-control, our restraint, practicing this, it's the result of the Spirit's work within us and not our willpower. How many of you have struggled with something? You're a believer. You know it's a sin. You know you shouldn't be doing it. You know you shouldn't be saying it. You know you, you shouldn't be going there. You, you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't be with them. And you start off the day and you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm going to stay away from this. I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to do this. 
And we found ourselves, even despite our best intentions at the beginning of the day, being in a place of failure and guilt at the end of the day. Willpower is not enough. Our willpower is not enough. We have to lean on and rely on the ability of the Holy Spirit. That's what I love about what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and 13. He said, so then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. I just love how Paul takes all the mystery out of it. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Let me tell you something. There are some things that God has not called us to coexist with. There are some things that God has called us not to make compromises with. There are some things in our lives that they're just going to have to die. It's just going to have to die. And the way that these things die is not based on our willpower, how strong we are, how smart we are, how determined we are, but the work of the Spirit of God on the inside of us. How many know even when we're resting, the Spirit of God is working? And when the Lord brought us out of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, when he brought us out of spiritual orphanage and bondage into freedom and in his family, he started something on the inside of us. He is working within us. And we have to learn how to depend on the spirit's ability. And so that may look like getting up in the morning And not necessarily being so self-determined and relying on our own ability, but coming to a place of surrender and humility all over it, all over again before the Lord, thanking the Lord for giving us another day, thanking the Lord for forgiveness, thanking the Lord that we don't have to work for his love, thanking him that we don't have to work for acceptance, thanking him that salvation is a gift giving to us and given to us in Christ, but also thanking him that his spirit lives on the inside of us. And so beginning the day going, God, I need you. I've been serving God for quite some time now. And no matter how much I study, no matter how much I've learned, there are times where the only thing that I could say is, Father, help me. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me. Help me, God. Sometimes that's the most spiritual thing we could ever say. How many know it don't have to be all eloquent? How many know fights are not eloquent? All right, I ain't talking about Saturday morning kung fu. I'm talking about like real fights. They are not eloquent. And so sometimes like, God, help me. That's all I know to say to you right now, God, is help me. And how many know he's faithful to help us? The same spirit that resurrected Christ from the grave is the same spirit that now dwells in our bodies. Let that sink in. The same spirit that kicked deaths behind. The same spirit that broke the power of the grave. The same spirit that opened blind eyes. The same spirit that caused the lame to walk. The same spirit that cast out devils. That is the same power that lives on the inside of us. 
That's the kind of power that we have. It is God's ability. That's what I love about what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3. When he was wrapping up a particular prayer, he said, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that is at work, where? Within us. Exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And that should help put some of our, all of our struggles into perspective. But as we wrestle with this, we can't lose sight of the fact that self-control is also rooted in our new identity in Christ. It's who we are. When I was a young recruit Paris Island, South Carolina, we had this very colorful senior Marine. He would come and hang out. And um, I say colorful because most of the stuff that he shared with us, I can't like reshare. You know, some of that ha- actually had to die. It had to be mortified um, by the power of God's spirit. Some of those stories. But there is one particular thing that was redeemable. And it's the fact that he talked about how when we would finish recruit training and go back home, and maybe be around environments and things like that that were not good, whether people were doing things illegal or just whatever. He, he said, he's like, here's how you deal with that. And, he, and he, I remember him saying, just realize Marines don't do that. It's just this, this simple statement, Marines don't do that. He was so matter of fact about it. Marines don't do that. And it just stuck with me. And in that same way, When it comes down to us exercising self-control by God's grace, when it comes down to us saying no to sin and yes to God, in a way, it is that simple. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. That's not my identity. I don't do that. I know what I used to do. I'm not denying what I used to be. But what I used to do, I don't do anymore because God's been too good to me. Who I used to be, oh, that's not who I am anymore. Sometimes people will try to remind us. Sometimes the enemy will always come to try to remind you what you used to be, where you used to come from, and, and all of those things, and, 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 and just try to make you just, just weigh down and just press down to get you to walk away from your identity in Christ. And we need to learn how to stand and simply say, that's not who I am. It's who I used to be. Aren't you grateful that the scriptures speaking concerning our identity says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody needs to know that this morning. That pertains to you. That pertains to you. You are a new creation. And anything other than what we were singing earlier, I am who he says I am, don't receive it. If you have to look somebody right in the face and say, no, 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 I don't receive that because that's not who I am anymore. Or when the enemy, look, man, I'm a talker and I'm a fighter by nature. And so I just talk to the enemy. Like I will say, like if people followed me around like all the time, they'd be like, I think he probably needs to be on some medication. I don't know who he's talking to. I have no idea who he's talking to because I'll just say it out loud. I don't receive that. That's not who I am. And I'll just start speaking. I'm telling you, some of you need to learn how to start opening your mouth and just preach to yourself. That's not who I am. Because how many know you don't, you're not going to have a hype band walking behind you all the time gassing you up, right? 
And so you got to know how to open your mouth and declare your identity in Jesus. And you're not saying it to make it true. You're saying it because it is true. Sometimes we just need to stir ourselves up in the faith. That's very important. It's our new identity. Paul said in Romans 6, verses 6 to 7, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has died is freed from sin. Here is good gospel news that we need to be reminded of. Jesus not only lived the life that we never could have lived and then died the death that we deserve to die, being resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to simply set us free from the penalty of sin. He did indeed set us free from the penalty of sin, but the Lord also did all of those things to set us free from the power of sin. We are a free people. We're not a perfect people, but we are a free people. We're free. We're a free people. The Lord has set us free. That's our identity. That's who we are. But I also know that sometimes in this struggle, there's some stuff that is still lingering some things that may not have just gone away, some things that we're still wrestling with right now, maybe right now even in this moment. And so as a word of hope, we also need to know and remember that there is an expiration date on our struggle with sin. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, I am sure of this. That he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I want to help us out here a little bit this morning. There are some things, there are some sins that when the Lord brings us out, he brings us out. But then there are other things that, that we're just going to have to continue to lean on his grace, his mercy, his power, and his ability until either he takes us home or he returns. And I want to tell you something, that's okay. There's an expiration date on your struggle. Man, listen, there are things in my life even now, as a result of my past, sins that I've committed against God, where I have to set boundaries around my life and I have to be careful about what I engage in. There's some stuff I just can't even play with because I know that I could just get sucked back to that dark place of sin and shame. And I have to lean on God every day. I have to rely on him every day. Like, Father, I need you to keep me. But if we're honest, we also know that we're not perfect right now. And I don't know about you, man, but there have been times where I've just been like, God, I just... 
I can't wait for this to end. Sometimes it's easier to focus on the struggles of others and to criticize the mess out there. But what about the mess in here? What about the struggle and the shortcomings in here and here? We need to remember that there will come a time where our mortality is going to put on immortality and our corruption is going to put on incorruption. And daughter of God, adopted son of God, our weaknesses, our struggles, our pain, our shortcomings, all of these things, they will literally be swallowed up into the glory of God. And we will be liberated into the freedom that within our hearts right now in this moment we all long for. We're going to be set free completely. And we're going to dwell in perfect righteousness, holiness, and justice in the presence of Jesus himself. So hold on. Keep trusting in him. Keep believing in him. Keep leaning on him. He's not going to get tired of you. He's not going to kick you out of the family. He's got you. He's never going to let you go. And the work that he started in you, he will finish. Let's pray. Father, you know us through and through. You know our shortcomings. You know our failures. You know our struggles. God, as my sister was encouraging us to do during our time of corporate song, to just come to a place of surrender, we surrender these things to you. Help us to not hide our weaknesses. Help us to confess them openly. Help us to not hide our shortcomings. Help them to confess them openly. Help, help us to tell the truth quickly. Help us to repent quickly. And Lord, we thank you that right now in this moment and even beyond, God, every bit of strength, grace, and mercy that we need is in you. And in Christ, we have right now. Father, I speak to that person who's on the verge of giving up today. Father, I pray that you would breathe a fresh wind into their spirits. To that person that may be tempted to walk away from this life or walk away from a marriage or walk away from whatever or just or, or even contemplating taking their own life. God, I pray that you would breathe new life and hope. That you would crush the head of Satan under our feet as you promised to do and that we would walk in the reality of who you've created us to be that we would experience and share in your victory Lord Jesus in Jesus name we pray Amen God bless you can we put our hands together for Pastor Aaron for just a second guys phenomenal come on one of the things that I think it's so important that we grab a hold of that Pastor Aaron just shared with us is for many of us 
We're still trying to earn it. It's, it's still a ladder to climb. It's, it's still a, something that is just outside of our grasp. And we keep, if, if we try hard enough, and the, the problem with trying hard enough is, is maybe you get it, right? Maybe like there's, that, there's the day that you, you get it. And at the end of the day, you sit back in your couch or your recliner, or you're going to bed and you lay your head down and you smile because you're like, man, I made it today. Anybody ever been there where you had that good day, where you defeated that thing? How many of y'all know we all got that thing? Only four of us. The rest of y'all lying. I said, how many of y'all know we all got that thing? And maybe you laid your head down that day because you defeated that thing, but how many guys know the sun comes back up tomorrow? And for some of us, we keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And I'm here to tell you something. That's not a bad thing. Because just like Pastor Aaron said and just like Paul said, man, I, I daily have to put this thing to death, this sin that's on the inside of me. But for some of you, you've been waiting to get it together before you come to God, not realizing that you got to come to God so He can help you get it together. And today, if you're in this room, I'm here to tell you that your ability to obtain perfection is not the qualification that God is looking for. Your desire for submission to Him in your life is the qualification that helps you overcome sin and death. And today, if you want that, today, if there's a stirring in your heart, you say, Pastor Brad, I, I've tried, man. I, I've tried my best, and, and I've tried to white-knuckle my way through some of these areas of my life. I've tried to give it my best and flex my muscles. I've tried to just do it all on my own, and I've realized that, man, I just can't. And even when I get it right, the next day comes around, and I fail that day. But I'm ready to walk in freedom today. And maybe I'll keep wrestling this area of sin in my life, but I'm ready to wrestle it from a place of forgiveness, not from a place of fighting for forgiveness. And today, if you're ready to submit to Jesus, today, if you're ready to let Him take control of your life, today, if you're far from God, but you're ready to be brought close to God, I'm here to tell you today that He's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. But He is so invested in you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to create a way that you could be close to Him. You see, God knew that sin would separate us from Him, and therefore we couldn't even be close to Him because of the sin in our lives. And how many of you know we all got some? And that sin in our life may separated us, may have separated us from God, but God saw 2,000 years ago that we were going to need a sacrifice, and so He sent His Son, Jesus. And when Jesus came to this earth, He went to the cross, and He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life, sinless life, he lived the life that we could not live and died the death that we could not die to pay the price that we could not pay. And today, if you want to be close to God, today, if you want to be saved from the consequences of your sin, today, if you want eternity in heaven to be your ultimate destination, it doesn't take anything on your part. It takes putting your faith in the fact that Jesus already did everything on his part. And if you want to know him today, if you want a fresh start today, we want to pray for you. So I want to invite you to close your eyes in this place. And I'm not going to come to you. No one on my team is going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Neither will anyone else on my team. We just want to pray for you today. 
Because God has set aside this day and this moment to meet you right where you're at. And if you want to know Him, if you want that fresh start, if you want that new beginning, through Jesus, it's yours for the taking. So today, with no one looking around, you're ready to say, God, I want a fresh start. Right now, would you raise your hand right where you sit and say, that's me. I want a fresh start. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Are there more in here? Yes. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Yes, yes, awesome. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready. I'm done fighting from, on my own to try to be good enough. I'm ready for Jesus to make me good enough. Is there more? Awesome. Maybe you're watching us online. You say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for a new beginning in Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. Your faith in Jesus alone is all that will make you saved. He did the work on the cross. Now we put our faith in that fulfillment. And today, we're going to pray together. Whether you're watching us online, whether you're in this room, we're going to pray together. We're going to put words to the actions of our heart that we're believing in Jesus to make us brand new through what he did on the cross. So let's pray together. I want to invite you to repeat this after me, and the whole church is going to pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Forgive me where I've strayed away. Forgive me where I've tried to be good on my own. Forgive me where I failed. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you resurrected three days later through your perfect life, through your death on the cross, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I want to follow you. I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. TC, can we put our hands together one time for all of those that prayed that? Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.